0: Well, um, thank you again for being here. This is the fourth and final Sunday of the January Shepherds Teaching Program. Um, we're going to be concluding talking about our 2029 vision. So we'll begin with a little bit of review. By way of disclaimer again, in case this is your first Sunday. The good news is all of this is going to be available on the website. Um, second, it's always hard to teach from somebody else's notes because we're trying to be consistent. So if I stumble, please forgive me. Um, But certainly, if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask. So let's get started. We'll start with review. Oh, this is the review before the review. Remember, you can go to the website, click About Us, and then Vision 2029. Choose Resources, choose Vision. This is sort of the whole point of what we've been doing for the last four weeks. As elders, we want to have an open discussion about who we have been at Otter Creek, who we are, and who we aspire to be, and that's the purpose for this teaching series. This is week four, and this week's, the focus will be a, this week the focus will be about the future. Let's review week one, briefly. If you remember, that's when we talked about some of our core theological convictions. Our mission statement, Otter Creek Church is a family growing to be like Jesus. Then week two, we talked about Otter Creek and our relationship with Scripture. We affirmed the Bible to be inspired, authoritative, and trustworthy. We talked a bit about Otter Creek's history, if you remember The bus. And here's where we are now in 2019. Debt-free, dynamic, and thriving. Last week we talked about who we are. We're big. We're theologically diverse. That means we don't agree all the time. Hopefully we don't take ourselves too seriously. We love humor. We value scripture and we value community. What we do... As we study scripture, we give, we serve, we start things, we worship, and we invest, especially in marriage. I think this just says we're getting ready to start the next part. (laughs) (laughs) So, Otter Creek's future identity, the thrust of the presentation today, is who we want to be. And part of that means we want to hold on to the good stuff that we've managed to develop so far, but we also want to grow in these new areas. We want to be known as people who not only know the Bible, but who live it. As most of you know, that can be kind of difficult sometimes. Just in case there are any rumors out there. Yes, we will continue to have church on Sunday mornings. (laughs) Seriously, we want to continue to embrace worshiping together on the first day of the week because it gives us such a great opportunity to worship God, to praise Him, and also to be intentional about our friends and our neighbors, especially those who might not yet know Jesus. We will be unafraid. This is where it gets a little tricky will be unafraid to brave new risks, or to brave risks and new ventures. And when we were sort of prepping together, this we got kind of stuck here because we started wondering, well, what do we mean by that? So just to give you a clue, this is what we came up with. In the past, Otter Creek has taken chances. We've taken risks, in other words, we've tried some things that might not necessarily have worked out in the past but some of them did. Um, we got involved in this thing called agape a brand new kind of ministry for a part of the population that churches hadn't really focused on before and it worked It took off. Uh, the Wayne Reed Childcare Center. what if we try to start a version of the Otter Creek um, preschool downtown? That one worked. Do you remember when we marched across Concord Road to the new property where we were going to build our big church? After our attempt in Forest Hills to build out our old building failed, we had this great idea that it would would go to Concord Road. We purchased a piece of property there. We thought that was where we were going to build our next big church. That didn't work out. Well, at least it didn't work out the way we planned but we wound up here instead. So that's an example of taking a risk (coughs) that didn't work out like we planned, but we ran with it anyway. We want to continue to be a church that's not afraid to try some things, even if we're not sure how it's going to work out. Does that sound fair, Art? man. We will model innovation and scalability. In other words, we want to try new things. And we want to try to grow things to make some small things bigger. We also want to be a church that loves our neighbors. We want to be countercultural in loving our neighbors rather than <clears throat> loving being right. Or, in other words... Well, I'll put it this way. I know I, I grew up in a tradition, and I, and I think we often really loved ourselves because we knew we were right. We loved being right. And we loved it when other people agreed with us, and we loved them too, because they were easy to love. But at this Otter Creek, we think it's more important to make sure that we love our neighbors, period. Period. Being right is also important. But that, but loving being right can get in the way of loving other people sometimes. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? And so that's why this point, I think, deserves a little bit of thinking about. Uh, Blake, you've got a frown on your face. Tell me what you think.
1: I didn't know I'd be called out for that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well... It was the same frown I made when Josh sort of skipped over the uh, sexual orientation thing without any explanation. Okay. Um, Because, I mean, that that to me is just the heart of where we can feel like we have the right answer and uh, you have the wrong answer but we'll still love you. So, I'd love some color on that. Yeah. Well,
2: Well,
0: here's the color I will provide. All right. I think you put your finger on something really important and notice what Eric has bold faced for us this is what we're called to do we aren't called to be right we're called to love our neighbors we're called to love God we're called to be like Jesus what that's going to look like for a lot of us is, is difficult to get our head around sometimes You've you've put your finger on a topic that recently we've spent a lot of time wrestling with. We haven't finished wrestling with that topic. (coughs) But we think, going forward, (coughs) we want to be this church. We don't want to be known
1: as that church instead.
0: Does that make
1: sense? It does. And I'm... I'm all for it. I just feel like it, it could help to be a little more explicit sometimes. Although I understand diplomacy, I just mean, you know. I'd rather us not dance around it
0: if we could. Well, here's an example I would give you. As, as most of you probably know, or you may not know, um, the elders explicitly addressed, had addressed that topic for, it felt like, years. But it was about a year. Right? It, it, it was an awkward conversation. It was one of those conversations that for years we've always said, we're just not ready to talk about that yet. You know what I mean? When you say we, do you mean like
3: within the elders or
0: like as a church? Actually, I mean both. I'm sure it was true about the elders. I'm assuming it was probably true for a lot of people that I agree Not true to everybody. Because we brought ourselves finally, as elders, to have that conversation. It was awkward. It is still awkward at times. But the older I get, the more I think that when things start to feel awkward, those situations are opportunities for grace to happen. Often we walk away from them because they're awkward. Grace isn't always warm and fuzzy in the (laughs) process. But those are conversations that we want to continue to have even if they're awkward. This is what we want our focus to be. Above all, we want to make sure that we love and that people can feel love. We can disagree about what right means. We do all the time at Otter Creek especially. But what we're telling you what we're hoping to be at Otter Creek is a place where we're known for loving our neighbors rather than being a place that thinks they're right and judges you according to whether you agree with us or not. Does that make sense?
3: I think that distinction for me, like the loving our neighbors versus loving being right, I think just in terms of what we're talking about of being like, you know, clear-cut, one of the phrases that sticks out to me is counterculturally. Um, because I think that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so I guess the distinction of loving our neighbors versus loving being right, I think it's something that we can kind of make those two distinctions. But what exactly do we mean by counter-culturally? Because there's a, the culture means a lot of different things to a lot of different people.
0: Great question. Mm-hmm. Wording is important to me as an English person. Disclaimer, I didn't write the slide. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I believe it means in this context. Right? I think it means, in a general sense, it's really easy to do what comes normally and naturally. Mm-hmm. It's easy to love the people we usually love, mm-hmm. who, who look like us, act like us, believe like us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's countercultural, mm-hmm. certainly today, in a very divided country, to love people who don't look like us, who don't live like us, and especially who don't believe like us. So in, in that sense, what I think countercultural means today in this context is going against the grain of what we're presented with in our culture all the time. We, we live in a culture that has monetized division and divisiveness. I don't have to pick a side for that to be true. Does that make sense? Yes. So being countercultural means we're not going to worry about what divides us. We're not going to argue about whether you're right first, before we love you next. We're gonna love you first, while we continue to have awkward conversations about things we might not agree with. Does that help Blake? Oh, it
1: does. Okay. Lauren?
4: So, if we wanna get concrete with this, what an example be, we're still trying to figure out what our like policy is on this, right? Or our concrete practices. But one thing we do know is if like, a same-sex couple came and visited Otter Creek. We wouldn't want them to leave here with the impression that we couldn't encounter them as people, right? That we we want them to, to come, if they came into our building, into our space, we wouldn't want them to leave thinking those people only saw us for, our, for the fact that we're together as a couple. We would, they, we would want them to feel like we had encountered them as humans. Is that fair? Or like, what's a, I'm just wondering about like, what does this mean for us in terms of practices but, while we try to figure out, while well, we're still wrestling with the policy, kind of, you
0: know. I think I think your question is, 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 is a hard question. What's it actually going to look like? It's easy to say this. It's a lot harder to live this. So what is it going to look like? And I think this, the example, the hypothetical example you described, I think might be one way. It, you know, what if a same-sex couple came to Otter Creek from, let's say, Vermont? They're, they're not used to the South. They've never heard of Otter Creek. How would you want them to feel if they came for a visit? would you want the first thing they thought about was, they're looking at us funny. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to sit by us. Mm And elders come over and ask us a question about what our relationship is. We don't want to be that church. Mm -hmm. Am I on the same same way? We want to be a church where hypothetically they might leave and not even know that that's an issue that we're struggling with. Mm -hmm. We'd love a for them to come back next Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that sound reasonable? Now, I'm I'm not trying to elide the complications about how we're going to move move through those things. We're we're not finished dealing with that question. Um, We're not finished dealing with a whole range of questions that the church has struggled with for the last 2,000-something years. But what we want to struggle to be is this church. We know what this feels like. And that we know that
1: that's not what
0: it, the kingdom of God should feel like.
1: Ken, I don't mean to belabor, right, but from our perspective I think what would be helpful with concreteness is, I totally get this as a vision, and as an identity. But when you're talking about loving your neighbor, that can, at different churches and different backgrounds that we have here, mean completely opposite things. And so every everybody's coming to that statement with probably a different perspective or a different background on what that actually looks like. Yeah. And not like pinning down on it now, but ultimately I think that's what people are looking for is okay, so then in practice, yeah. what, what, is, what is that? Mm-hmm. Now, now that question,
0: what is this going to look like in practice, the fact that you're asking those questions I means that this, this series has worked. Because we don't have the answer. Remember, this is, this is our vision. Right? We're, we're talking to you about what you, or at least your representatives, have told us you want to be. It's what we want to be. We've, we've hashed through. This is an aspirational vision, Jared. I'm terrible to names. I'm just, I just don't like <laughs> this. The, 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 meat on the bones is what lies ahead of us for the next 10 years, right? And that's, that's the difficult part, but we're going to start with what we want to be and then figure out how to make it concrete, what it should look like later. And you're right, with a big, diverse community like this, so, it's even hard to consider ourselves neighbors sometimes, so that's, it's a struggle. Okay,
4: I'll just say this, like, um... If you want to share this with the elders, I think... Listen, listen, girls. Here we go, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> fellas and ladies, Yeah, I know y'all are there too. Um, Here's what the practice should look like. From the time, my, my brother came to visit one time, like years ago. And I remember, he's just sitting there next to me, and I watched people swimming, like, I do you but pushing people out of the way. <laughs> to get to him and welcome him to this church. And so, that's what it should look like. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yes, it was a very good thing. Now, he was very caught off guard because he was like, why are all these people running up to me? <laughs> and he, we grew up in a predominantly white church, so this is not like a comfort level or anything, but he was just like, wow, y'all are very friendly. So that's the practice that it should look like. It shouldn't be like standing back and like, I don't know how to do this. And that's going to be hard, and we, and for, I mean, it was Josh Graves because, I'm just going to say, he loves black people but like <laughs> <laughs> why do you do that? Like, that's how I think you need your, that's going to be your neighbor and somebody you want to get to know it should literally be you doing whatever you can to get to that person, I and mean, that's a hard practice for sure, but that's in well, my mind, ahead. that's that's what it looks like. You were stopping your conversation with like, whoever you talk to on every Sunday and realizing, like, someone here is different than me. And it's very easy when it is a black person in the set, in the setting or two men, like, holding a child's hand. You know, like, there's ways for it to look differently, but even there's some people who are just who look like the majority of you all who are sitting there who don't know that. I mean, same thing. I'm going to say the exact same thing. So I think that's what the practice looks
0: like with me. Well, and I think it also looks like this. We, we sort of start at the difficult end of the, the hypothetical question, and then we moved back a step to a situation where, oh, I, I can see this. Yes. I don't have questions, but I should do it. But I think the real moment that we often miss every single Sunday at Art Creek I know I do all the time, and you and you saw an example of it last week,
2: mm-hmm.
0: was when we see somebody like Jared. Caitlin.
2: Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when I realize, oh, they're sitting right here in the front of me and I, I don't have any idea of who they are. And it's really awkward. Those are the moments I think we miss. Right? We can just say, oh, they're probably here. For, they're probably, they just sit on the other side. And we just kind of go on. I think some of those moments are, are just as important if not as um, hot button when it comes to loving our neighbors. We, we can't forget ourselves in that Conversation. Does that make sense? Sorry, y'all. And I would also say that to kind of add on to what she was saying that given our collect our age and our stage in life, and the fact that a lot of us have, thank you, including me in that. Yeah, (laughs) small kids, and for the most part, we this group of people is going to be very invested in this church over the next 10 years Mm -hmm. until we get to 2029.
1: loving our neighbor is something that will kind of be up to us to help define what we do uh, with your leadership. Yeah.
0: But yes, yeah, 10 so years from easy. now, it won't be me and Art and Kent. It'll be some of you guys, some of you people mm-hmm. sitting up here, mm-hmm. perhaps, oh, as
2: the leader. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Also, I um, think <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the welcoming up front. When someone walks in, it's that uh, we have a child, and they come to so the children's program? Can we be involved? Can we be involved in home groups? Can we be a part of these other ministry groups? Those are the questions that I know my friends ask up front, right. and they're not going to walk into the church door until I'm able or they're able to hear from church definite answers. Right. That's, a, that's a... So yeah. we're, we're asking, we're saying the whole um, belong part and then believe and then behave.
0: They're asking, tell us what you believe before I'm even going to come up to the, the wrong part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's important. And I, I think I would say, what we believe, this is who we are. We're going to love you. That's what we believe in. We would love that God, Jesus told us, love your neighbors. But
3: I, I think back to that question though, that's putting the risk on them and not on us. Because until they have, if if the same sex couple, like that's just saying, well, we're asking you to take the risk and to come in and to trust that we're going to love you Mm -hmm. without us giving you any guarantee that you're going to be allowed or welcomed or accepted into spaces past Mm -hmm. the initial, oh, hi, it's nice to meet you. But then, how do I get involved in the life group if we just say, well, we're just going to say we're going to love our neighbors? Then we're experiencing no risk whatsoever. And we're asking our neighbors, these people who are coming in that don't know us, to take all of the risk on them instead of it being on us. I,
0: I agree completely. And, and remember what I said before we're not done wrestling with that issue. Okay? And I'm talking to the 30 somethings who wrestle with it differently than my demographic and Art's demographic. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, and remember, what we're talking about too is, is aspiration. We, and all of you know, we don't wake up one morning and we're ten pounds lighter,
2: <laughs>
0: right? It's it's a process that's often painful, and we often stumble, and we probably will continue to stumble as we work for these. Right. Just as an aside, although this is slowing us down, it doesn't bother me so much. <laughs> I'm really glad that you are raising these issues because this is, this is the whole point of this series, just to make us talk to each other about how we actually do the kingdom. What, how do we make it concrete? What are, our, what are the issues we still have that keep us from being able to convince people that we actually do love them. Does that make sense? So I'm 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 not disagreeing with any of them, and I don't feel for oh, what's worth a lot sweat of sweating. <laughs> Honestly, I don't I don't feel challenged. Does that make sense? I feel really encouraged yeah. that, that you're thinking and asking these really difficult questions and wanting to start some really awkward conversation. Because um, remember what I said about what I've learned about awkward situations. I, I think that's where you have an opportunity there if you're brave enough to take it. Brave things happen some way, shape, or form. All right, let's keep going. We'll be a church family that loves people both locally and globally. It's not an either-or. Sometimes it's easier to send money to Manchuria because you can write the check and then you're done with it. It's a lot harder sometimes to walk over to Nollisville Road and do something there. The gospel calls us to think about the gospel both locally and globally. We want to continue to do that. We want to be a church that's hospitable to all people, not for the sake of political correctness, but for the sake of living as Jesus lived. We want people to see us as people with open arms. We want to be all things to all people, as Paul admonishes us. This is kind of the kicker. We want to be a church that loves everyone regardless, period. That's hard, but we want to be that kind of a place. We want this church to be a safe place for broken people, which, by the way, remember, includes us and them. (coughs) On a completely different topic almost, we also want to be deliberate about applying our academic knowledge in practical ways that matter to the lost and the vulnerable people of our community. Again, this is kind of abstract. What I can think of as an example is maybe um, the way we plan our, Sunday, our adult education classes, our Sunday morning classes. We're, Otter Creek's lucky. We're in a university town. We have a lot of people with too many degrees. Um, but how can, we, how can we use that, those gifts, in ways that matter? Right? Not in abstruse theological discussions, but in ways that can help us figure out what Scripture looks like when it's lived. New topic. We want to be a church that loves one another. We want to continue to be a church that values children, families, and marriage. Now, I would have rewritten this slide a little bit because um, David and Dia reminded us about this last week. I would have written it: We want to be intentional about how we care for everybody and all ages, both married and single, both those with children and those without children, both married and those. Who have Mm -hmm. survived marriage in one way or another. That's difficult too. We all know God intended marriage to last forever, but given our mortal natures, marriage doesn't last Mm forever. They end sometimes because of death, they change drastically sometimes because of disease, they end sometimes because of divorce, they're made difficult by children. They're made difficult by not having children. They're made difficult by in-laws, and they're made difficult by our own parents. Not to mention roommates forever. That's a difficult one. But single people also have lives that matter, and people are single for all sorts of different reasons. We we don't want to be a church that seems to be tilted only in one direction. That's a struggle. And in this age group, the childbearing years, um, a lot of things seem to be, can, can seem to be focused. If, if you're one of those with kids, Otter Creek can be a terrific place. If you're one of those without kids, sometimes you can wonder why you're here. We don't want it to be that kind of a place. We want everybody to feel like this is a place for them. We want to be a church that emphasizes strengthening marriage. If you are married, the problem with marriage is surviving.
1: Thriving. <laughs>
0: Some days it feels like it's thriving. But as even art and Kim would tell you, sometimes it feels a little more like surviving. Life is hard. And it's especially hard when you're committed to somebody else. And that's why we emphasize marriage, because that's a hard thing in life too. We want to be a place that holds each other accountable for our actions, kind of like you did, oh, sorry, I jumped ahead, kind of like you have been doing this morning, right? The, the challenge from Blake and from, from
3: Caitlin, from
0: Caitlin, hey. <laughs>
5: Caitlin. <laughs> everyone will know her name and you will still not. <laughs> well, no, she goes with Jared,
0: sorry. she goes with that guy.
5: Um... <laughs>
0: Holding each other accountable is difficult. It, it means having awkward conversations, right? How, how do you tell somebody that you're concerned about what they've said, done, or whatever without it feeling like criticism? How do you take what somebody else tells you without assuming that they're just being critical? It's, it's hard both ways. It takes patience. It takes humility. (coughs) Above all, it takes being brave enough to be awkward enough to try to start the conversation and to do it as softly as you can and to be forgiving on both sides. But if we don't hold each other accountable, it's really hard to have community. Mm -hmm. And that's what the kingdom of God is.
1: Question? Question. Can we go back to that slide real quick? This one? Can we say slash strengthening marriages and just relationships. Because oh, that's great. Yeah, Demographics up there that say marriage and family and yet you have demographics that say all ages, non-married, senior mm-hmm. citizens, and we're not just talking in community about marriage. We're talking about
0: relationships, relationships
1: yeah. and preparing people for the different types of relationships they may have, they may be engaging in or they want to have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'll tell Eric. I just work with a demographic mm-hmm. college students where they're not there yet, but we're talking about healthy relationships in general. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, a, that's, a, that's a terrific one. Like I was going to say, too, about the accountability piece. You know, it's interesting. Accountability doesn't work without relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've tried that when I was younger, in my 30s, with somebody that we knew and were encouraged to go confront, and it was a disaster. And the reason it was a disaster is even though we were speaking truth, there was no relationship. And accountability without that relationship is ineffective, doesn't work, isn't heard, um, and it feels really yucky. It still has after years of trying to reconcile our misstep. And that was our fault for not realizing there wasn't a relationship to speak into that. As right know, as it may have been, yeah, if you
0: know people so, love you, yeah, it's easier to it take what they have to say. Changes everything. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I made a note. I'm going to tell Eric to change the slide yeah. before he puts it up on. That's a really good point. <coughs> okay. Can we go on?
2: <laughs>
0: okay, a new one. What we want to do in the future. From the elders, we want to commit to being more authentic leaders. We want to be prayerful. We want to be visible. We want to be committed. We want to be confessional. We want to be accountable. We value all of you. Every sheep matters, to use the analogy. And we want to be that kind of shepherds. We don't see ourselves as managers. We're not the deciders. When we say we will be leaders, we're not saying we will be the ones who make the decisions. What we want you to hear us saying, and we expect you to hold us accountable for this, is that we will be your leaders in serving the kingdom. We will try to practice what we preach. Shepherds lead by serving, and that's 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 what we're aspiring to be. Now it's up to you to hold us accountable for that and to call us out. I'm sure you will,
3: <laughs>
0: um, but that's what we want to do.
3: In the next, so in the next 10 years, as we look at 2029, like, and I, I raised this question earlier too, and I said, when be, When will that we include women in that? Election?
0: So my short answer, I was ready for this one. (laughs) My short answer is, and I'm not trying to be harsh or brusque, but my short answer is, you're asking me to predict the future, and you know I can't. And so I won't even try. Um, My answer, my honest answer would be, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you heard my... The
2: conversations are happening
4: to hopefully get the
0: we to
1: include both journeys. And there's
0: another couple of slides would point exactly in that direction, just as a
4: teaser. How do you make decisions on these hot-button issues? Is it a majority vote? Is it have to be no?
0: <laughs> the best answer is with great difficulty. Um, our, our general policy as elders is on these really sticky topics, we wrangle with it until we reach consensus. And what consensus means, we have to constantly remind ourselves, is not that we all agree. It's different than unanimity. Consensus is, okay, I can live with that for now, even if I'm not happy, and even if I would have done it otherwise. Like these slides. I can live with these slides. Even. <laughs> not to make light of, of some very difficult situations, but, but that's, that's how we try to operate. That's very difficult. Um, voting would be easier. Um, majorities aren't necessarily right because they're majorities. We, we recognize that. And so that's why we, we work hard to try to get to something like consensus. Uh, but it, it's very difficult. And on a lot of the topics, we sort of get to a point where we agree for now. Uh, we've learned that that's just for
2: now.
0: It's a step. And what we hope is we're making progress. But... Uh, uh, is that a good answer? Is that true? <laughs> that's how we do it. That's why our elders meetings are nothing we look forward to you <laughs> all. But we go anyway.
5: Matt, one of the things I appreciate about the Otter Creek elders, and I'm sure this is true for other elderships, but this is the first eldership that I've ever heard someone say, we may be wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that goes into the confessional side, and that's why when I get anxiety-filled about these topics. I also know that in the course of a hundred years of Water Creek, there have been different beliefs throughout that time that we would be appalled at. But yet God has been faithful to this church and will continue to be faithful. So even if we make a decision in 2024, by 2029, my hope is that God will have once again pointed us towards the direction that He wants us to go. So that he will still be faithful. He will still be the one that we are looking towards. And we will still be wrong in that moment because we are human. But we'll be a little bit more centered into what he wants us to go toward. So I, I appreciate the fact that y'all are willing to say you may be wrong.
0: Well, we tell each other that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, you tell us that. I mean, we, we hear from you. So it, it's important for us to have those awkward conversations because it, it is a process. We're broken too. We just do our best. Well, there's a bunch of slides. Let me try to get through a few of them. What we want to do we want to leverage our creativity. We want to do new things that we perhaps haven't done before or do things in different ways. We want to embrace a 10 talent mindset. In other words, we're a big church, which gives us some advantages. How can we use that advantage for the glory of the kingdom? Seeking the Spirit's leading, we want to openly study and discuss the gifting of men and women with unity and wisdom, ensuring that all members are fully utilizing their gifts and skills as revealed by the Holy Spirit. It is a little vague, I know, but I hope you get the intent there, that we want to continue making sure that if God gave you gifts, that this church helps you find the best way to use them for His kingdom. Whatever that may look like, that's why I won't predict the future. Blake?
1: On that point, because Josh was also very vague, uh, <laughs> what's what's stopping? What like what's the big holdup for having women elders? I mean, is it is it truly something that, that is biblical or just tradition? I'll, I'll 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 answer it in a different direction, but I think
0: from a pastoral direction, the big holdup is unity. I think one of the things that we're learning as elders is that the most difficult job in terms of being of eldership, is not being right. It's keeping the flock together when we disagree about things. That trumps, we believe, that trumps deciding what's right and going with it because we're called to keep the flock together. Does that make sense? And sometimes it's much more difficult to work that way it's always easier just to make a decision, but that assumes that you know what the right decision is, and sometimes we're not, sh- as Art mentioned, sometimes we know we're going to mess up. And so unity, for us, I think, would be my best short answer to why it's so difficult. For I'm, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. For you, it's just so obvious. <laughs> I'm talking to a 30-something. Um, in my class, with 60-somethings. For some of them, it's not so obvious. I'm I'm not defending you are them I'm just saying I want to go to church I want all of you to to stay at Otter Creek I I want all of you as as my community and as an eldership we're not we're not going to just decide and go with it until we feel like what we decide is going to keep you all here does that make sense? and that's a really frustrating answer Mm-hmm. but that's why we love elders meetings. <laughs> but my answer is unity matters and sometimes it happens change happens much more slowly for the young than it does for <coughs> the old. typically it's just hard um, didn't Bernie and Arnold say that uh, the
3: reason let's go so much is because people then die
0: well you, you can I mean, you know. there's some truth to that
3: that, that we some of it, some of it is, is thought moves as the people who couldn't move from that thought, move
0: on. There can no be way. some truth to that. We don't want to be a church that just waits for everybody to oh, die. No, no. <laughs> 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 and then y'all take over.
3: No, we're not. We're not having cake at every funeral. <laughs>
0: but but it does point to the fact that some things are just some things are just difficult. So it takes time. Um, can I
4: have to say this real fast? Go. I think some of this though, I want to say this, and if you need to talk to me afterwards, that's fine. We can to close our toe. <laughs> but that's why we go to this church. But there's some topics that get lumped in, like, more well, the 30s feel this way. So that's what they all feel like. But for me, if there's women elders, if there's not, it's not changing anything in my mind. I might be the minority in that. But I don't care. But, I, but yeah, I just, I want to say that. So it might be the majority in this room feel this way, but like, I see your wife, I see Kim, I see all these women doing things, and I think, in my mind, like when you all get up there to do a prayer, I love that <laughs> visual, um, because I, kind of talking about David, like what David was saying, I would have never seen that where I grew up. Women, would, they just would have been like, do we just looking at red?" or something like that. Like they just had some little role like that, but. The fact that you all are there, and I can tell that it's a partnership. Yeah. I don't necessarily have to have the doer elder. Mm-hmm. I'm just picking up, so sorry. But, I, 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 so I, I want to say that,
2: like, um, I know that
4: it's. Easy, the just the assumption is like, well, this is how the thirties feel. But I think it would make me not sleep well tonight if I didn't. What's that? Well, not
2: everybody.
0: (coughs) Well, and and you're right to call me out on it. I mean, we often sort of stereotype, and and I know, but I teach students that all my twenty-something students, they're not all twenty-somethings in terms of how they feel about race, gender, school, work. So I apologize
4: for lumping. No, it's okay. Well, i just. I'm just but,
0: yeah, but but you're right. It's it's, it's just difficult, right? And we, and we hope that we can. We can all keep everybody patient enough so that we can keep moving towards what we all. Will understand, feels more like the kingdom, even if it doesn't feel like what we thought it would feel like. Let me race through a couple of others. I think I can just leave this one. We want to rise above partisan politics. There are so many more important things to do than to participate in things that divide us, that have nothing to do with the kingdom. We want to encourage more hands-on ministry opportunities, as opposed to the ministry of sitting on the pew. We'd like to encourage ourselves to do things in our community. We want to help find solutions that change lives, not just put Band-Aids on problems. We want to be a staging area. We want to continue to be a staging area. In other words, we love it that everybody else uses our building six days a week for the glory of God's kingdom. We want to be a safe and nurturing church for all people, regardless of their sexual orientation. We want to consider gender and race along with giftedness when we make hiring decisions. Not for the sake of political correctness but because we want to be humble enough to recognize that it's too easy to see things through our own lens and to overlook people who should not be overlooked. We want to apply our knowledge of the Bible not just argue about it. For those of you with kids, and those of you who like being with kids at camp, we want to keep camp vibrant and thriving because we think it's so important to help children start off the right way. We want to set high standards for what it means to be committed. You can't have community without commitment. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: In other words, we, we want... We want to encourage ourselves to come to church anyway, if you know what I mean. And I am preaching to myself. But that's what builds community. We want to talk about how we can become better disciples and make disciples. We want to move beyond, hey, come sit with me in this place on Sunday morning and let's call it even. Hey, let's follow Jesus together, wherever that might lead us, and whatever it might ask us to do. We want everybody to know what it means to be a member at Otter Creek. We don't. We don't know. The Apostle Paul didn't leave us a membership guy. But what does it mean to be a member of Otter Creek? Future priorities. We're going to keep supporting the ministries that we have already started we want to be outward focused i know some of you are worried about money this is just a snapshot of what to expect at the end of the year we should have about a half million dollars that used to go to the bank that now doesn't pay off interest so this is how we've already budgeted assuming that those funds continue to come in we've already budgeted $114,000 towards our outward facing ministries that's in our current budget now We are accruing, month by month, contribution by contribution, a fund to continue funding those and other new ministries as they come to be determined. The money's not in the bank now, but it's, it's growing, and we want you to know that that's what we intend to do going forward. We want to continue to partner with other churches in our community. We want to start things and grow things, and develop things. Here's a list of some specific items that have come from this congregation that we want to focus on and work towards. For example, the future is now, or at least it started last week with the Awaken Project. And If you'd like to pick up a packet for that, remember they're downstairs in the gathering room. I know I've run over uh, I know the people in the nursery are mad at you, <laughs> but blame it on me. Um, I'm happy to stick around and talk after, but Kent, if you would, close us off.
5: Father, we look forward with great expectation what you are going to
0: accomplish in this place. since through your son we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kent.